Life gets so complicated, at least it does for me, and it gets so busy, so many choices that have to be made during the week and, and throughout the month, um, that can be confusing. It can add to uh, just life being complicated, confusing, and I long for the simplicity, the simplicity that you feel um, for us in Stuttgart, mostly in the fall, <laughs> when you could go outside and sit in the porch swing and you're not fighting mosquitoes, because that makes it more complicated. But I long for the simplicity that you feel when you are in a, something like a porch swing. I long for that. Because life does get complicated. Because life is complicated. It seems everything gets more and more complicated, more and more confusing. If you don't Believe me, you can just look at my car. I cleaned it out last week, and within three weeks, that car is going to be completely full again. My life gets complicated. I have a tendency to complicate my life, and that's not the only thing I complicate. Even as a, one of the pastors at Stuttgart Harvest Church, I have a tendency to even complicate what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what it means to be a Christ follower. I complicate that too. So I long for simplicity even with that. It seems like we need a, a modern life hack that we can understand today. A, a modern life hack that kind of brings us back to the simplicity that Jesus started with, the simplicity of what it means to be a Christian. And by simple and simplicity, I don't mean that we're talking about a shortcut. That's not what I'm talking about. By simplicity, I don't mean that it's going to be something that's going to be easier, because Jesus clearly said that following Jesus was going to be difficult. But by simplicity, I mean that we can go back to what Jesus means when he talks about following Jesus, because he, he makes something that had become very complicated, he makes it simple, he makes it clear, not confusing. And even still today, we have a tendency, I do too, to make following Jesus complicated. To make being a Christian or a Christ follower or a disciple of Jesus or a student of Jesus, a, an apprentice to Jesus, to make that confusing. And that's why we're teaching this series, Life Hacks. Because we're taking ourselves back to what Jesus says about the simplicity of what it really means to be a follower of Jesus. Now, in the first week, we said that Jesus described himself as the narrow gate. That's why we put a door over there. Jesus described himself as the narrow gate. And he said there's a narrow gate and then there's a broad gate, a wide gate. And he said the only way to, to get to where you want to get spiritually is through the narrow gate, through Jesus. And, and we said that the life hack or the simplicity there was we can know. 
We can know what path we're on, where we are with God. We can know because if we have gone through the narrow gate, then we will clearly be with Jesus. If we are a follower of Christ, we will be with Christ. If we are a disciple of his, we will be with him. If we are a student of his, we'll be with him. If we are an apprentice of Jesus, we will be with Jesus. So we can clearly know. And then last week, in week number two, we said that Jesus describes that there's a good tree that produces good fruit. And then he said there's a bad tree that produces bad fruit. And he said you can know which tree you are. And he said the way to know that, and this is the life hack, he said you will know them by their fruit. In other words, what their life is producing, you will know. And that simplifies it. That makes it less confusing of what it means to be an apprentice, a disciple, a student, of, uh, a follower of Jesus. And we also said last week that we are learning to live our lives the way Jesus would live our life if he were us. In other words, learning to do my life in a manner that he did his. And doing that in everything. Learning how to do my life right now the way Jesus would do my life. That's a big deal. Now, Jesus continues to simplify what it means to be a follower, a disciple, a student, an apprentice of his. He continues to make it clear because we're following this same passage, this same teaching of Jesus this week, we're picking it up with the very next verse, verse 21. It's Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Here, these are the words of Jesus himself. He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, this is huge. This, this whole thought is huge because Jesus is saying that there's not some specific words that you can memorize and learn and say to God in order to get into his kingdom. You can't just figure out the right thing to say to get in. In other words, like a test, it's not like that. Uh, it's not like you can figure out the right words to say and pass the test. Or if you say the wrong things, then you fail the test. Nope, Jesus says it's not like that. It's not like that at all. Jesus is saying it does not work that way. And he goes on. He says, but only the one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. Okay, all right. So we get a little more clear. We have to do something. We have to do, and it says clearly there, the will of God. That's what we have to do. And you may be thinking, well, great. I mean... But what's the will of God? I, I hardly have you seen the Bible. Is that it? Is, it? is it doing everything in the Bible? Is that the will of God? Because hardly have you seen the Bible lately? It's pretty big. And as a matter of fact, I, I have seen the Bible recently. <laughs> and you're right, it is big. So that does make it a little bit confusing if we have to do everything that's in the Bible in order to get in, if that's what we have to do, if that's the will of God, that, that makes it pretty difficult. But 
Jesus goes on, and he makes it more clear, this whole thing about doing. And here's what he says in verse 22. He said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? In other words, it's as if the person is saying to Jesus, Jesus, okay, okay, we got you. We have to do something in order to get in. We have to do your will. So we did. We did do some things for you, Jesus. I mean, some important things, some very spiritual things. We did those for you, Jesus. Some very religious things. We did those for you. Not only did we do them for you, but we did them in your name, Jesus, and we did them on your behalf. So surely, certainly, Jesus, all of those things that we have done, that must be enough to get us into your kingdom. And Jesus answers that in verse 23. He says, then I will tell them plainly, this is Jesus speaking, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. In other words, Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. You can't just try to give me the right words and get in. But yes, you do have to do something. But no, you can't work your way in. You can't earn your way in. You might be thinking... Wait a minute. Wait a minute, H. Wait a minute. I thought you said that Jesus was going to make this more clear. But clearly, I am more confused. So, it's not what I say to him that gets me in. Okay, okay. But I have to do something, but I can't do enough to get in. So if you're thinking that, then I just simply say, take a deep breath. Let's look again at what Jesus said. He said, then I will tell them plainly, which means I'm going to make it clear, Jesus is saying. I'm going to take out the confusion. So here comes the life hack right here. He says, Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. That's it. I never knew you. So what is God's will for you that you have to do? He wants you to know him and be known By Him. His will is that you be connected to Him through Jesus. A personal relationship with Jesus. Which, by the way, is the only way you can be connected to God. And Paul kind of describes that. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, listen to what he says here. In verse 3. This is kind of the setup. This is good. And it pleases God our Savior. Now listen to what it says next. Who wants, so who wants, which means we could say 
whose will it is. This is his will. This is what he wants. Everyone to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. That's what he wants. Now what is that truth? He tells us that next. He lists it, in fact, in verse 5. He says, here's the truth. For there is one God. That's the truth. He wants you to know the truth. There is one mediator between God and man. It is a man, Christ Jesus. Now, here's what that means. Because Jesus is God himself. The New Testament clearly says that. Which means God himself put on the flesh and the bone and the blood of man. And he came here on this earth to do what? It tells us next. Who gave himself a ransom for all. A testimony at the proper time. God's will for you and for me, very clearly and very plainly stated in Matthew chapter 7. Here it is. To know him and be known by him, Jesus the Lord. That's his will. Let me say that again. Listen very clearly. This is his will. God's will for you and even for me. Very clearly, very plainly stated in Matthew by Jesus in Matthew chapter 7. His will is for you to know and be known by Jesus the Lord. You see, just professing your allegiance to God, that's not enough. Spiritual activity performed in His name, Jesus said that's not enough. Only entering into a lifelong life personal relationship with Jesus where He becomes your teacher and you become His student. Only when you submit your life to Him as your boss and you become His apprentice. Only when He is the leader of your life and you become His follower. That is God's will. So, yes, He does. He, because He loves us, He came and offered His life as a ransom for ours. And the will of God is that you would know Him and that He will know you. That's His will. So, let's get down now to some nitty gritty because I, I think we've clearly shown you with God's word that he desires for you to know him and for him to know you to know him okay to know him and be known by him on Sundays like a Sunday gathering like this yeah probably so to know him and be known by him even when you go home from here and, and, and you're at home with your family. Yeah, that's probably so. But you know, we have a habit of taking our lives and segmenting our lives. We have, you know, family time, and then we have our work time, or if you're a student, school time. 
And then we have my time. But God does not recognize any of those segments that we recognize. So what about this? To know Him and be known by Him all of the time. Even at work and at school. So let me ask you a question that maybe you have never asked yourself. Listen to this. How would Jesus do your job if he had your job? Or students, how would Jesus do school if he were at school for you? Now this is a very specific way of thinking that leads to a very specific way of living. And the New Testament has a word for that, has a phrase for that actually. The New Testament says something like this, to do what you do, to do it in the name of Jesus. That's the way it would describe that. To do whatever it is that you do, whatever it is that you do for work, whatever it is that you do for school, to do that in the name of Jesus. You see, to not include your job or being at school in your apprenticeship, in your discipling, of following, being a student of Jesus, to not include your job is to exclude for most of the hours that you're awake and productive, those productive hours, it is to exclude God. It is to decide um, that one of the largest areas of your day will be run by you or run by a boss or a teacher. Not, but not run by Jesus. You see, being an apprentice of a student of Jesus it's not what most people think. Most people think, well, I, that is saved for religious activities. I'm a student during religious activities. I'm an apprentice of Jesus during religious things, like when the church gathers on Sunday. Or it's saved for other people, like pastors or staff people of a church. But here's what we're saying. Your job or your time at school must become one of the primary places where you are an apprentice to Jesus. And if that's the case, how do you make your uh, job a primary place of being an apprentice to Jesus? How, how do you make your job that? Well, maybe to help answer that question, let me tell you some ways that you do not do that. You don't make your job or, or your time at school a primary place where you're an apprentice to Jesus, not by being a Christian judge at work or at school. When I drive from Malvern to Stuttgart, I pass a lot of churches. A lot of churches, and so many of those churches, not all, but so many of them, 
have the most judgmental church signs outside. You know, where they put up the letters or they have a digital one. So many, not all by any means, but so many of them have the most judgmental, uncaring, and even rude church signs. So there's plenty of judgment right there. The people that you go to work with, the people you go to school with, they have plenty of judgment that they have already seen just driving to work. They don't need you to be their Christian judge too. So not that way. And also, not by being the sin pointer at work or at school. You show up and you say, "Uh, I heard about you. And don't laugh because I know what you did too. Don't say, don't, they don't need a sin pointer. They don't need that. So it's not by being their judge. It's not by pointing out all of their sin. And it's not also by being a people basher. You show up and it's just like, you evil co-workers. You evil Students, you sinners! S-I-N-N-E-R-S! You sinners? No, they don't need that. And it's not by being their spiritual guru. Oh, you... You lowly humanoids, you evil ones, come unto me, and I will give you my advice and wisdom. And it is oh so deep. Let's just say, no. They don't need that from you. So how do we become an apprentice of Jesus even at our job and even at our time we spend at school? How is that? Perhaps the first way is by a gentle but firm way of not going along with something that everybody knows is wrong. And maybe it's also by by serving your co-workers or your fellow students in a sensitive, in a non-intrusive way. And perhaps it's by continually, quietly in your heart and in your mind praying for those friends, those co-workers, those students throughout your day. And maybe it's by honestly learning to love the people you work with and love the people that you're in school with. 
So whatever your job may be, whether you work at Linux or Riceland or you're a student or you're in the medical field or you work for the city of Stuttgart or you work for the highway department, maybe you work for a local contractor or you're in the wholesale business or the retail business or the transportation business, maybe you're a farmer or you work in child care or education, Maybe you have goods that you sell or you have services that you offer. Whatever your job is, if it helps people in any way or makes their lives better or easier, it is important to God. And He wants it done well. And it's work that should be done and it should be done, as we said, as Jesus himself would do it. But know this. Everything else that you do while you're at work and while you're at school, everything else you do, it takes a back seat to doing your job with honest sweat, to doing your job with intelligence and doing your job as best as possible with excellence and doing it in the power of God. While the job cannot become your life, as it did for me for years and years and years. While the job cannot become your life, we should, within reasonable limits, we should personally sacrifice our own comfort while we're at work, our own pleasure while we're at work and while we're at school in order to perform and improve the quality of our work. Paul puts it this way. Listen to what Paul says. He's talking about whatever job you do, whatever job you have, or if you have multiple jobs like many of us do. He says this in Colossians. He says, whatever you do, do it enthusiastically as something done for the Lord, not for man. He goes on in verse 24. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. That's the way Paul describes that. In other words, Jesus is with you even at your job. Jesus is with you, students, even at your school. And as we learn from him, as we are his apprentice, as we are his disciple, his follower, as he teaches us to do our best even there. And that is also part of knowing him and being known by him. If you hate your job, or student, if you hate school, the quickest way for you to bring some joy back into your day 
is to do that as Jesus would do that. You see, we segment our lives. My time, then there's family time, and then there's work or school time. But Jesus does not recognize any of those segments that we break our lives into. To know Him and be known by Him all day, every day, wherever you are during that day, that is where He wants you to know Him and be known by Him. So let's end this morning where we began. Matthew chapter 7, starting with verse 21. The words of Jesus. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, there's no magic formula. You can't memorize the right things to say. And ooh, when he asks me, I'm going to say this, and I'll get in. He says, no, it doesn't work that way. He goes on, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So there's something we have to do. We have to do God's will. So what is that? What is it that we have to do? So he, he goes on in verse 22. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? We did a lot of good things for you, Jesus. Did, 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 we, not, um, did we not drive out demons and, and do that in your name and perform many miracles? We did so much for you, God. Surely that's enough to get in. And he answers it in verse 23. Then I will tell them plainly, clearly, uh, eliminate the confusion on the matter. I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. But there is the life hack. I never knew them. I never knew you. The will of God is for you to know Him and to be known by Him. And that only happens as we become his follower, his apprentice, his student, his disciple. So we have a suggestion this week for a step for you toward God. This week, let me encourage you to take one of the verses that we have used this morning and to write that down. And then take that with you to work or to school tomorrow as a reminder. And look at it several times throughout the day. As a reminder that God's will for you, His plan for you, His desire for you is for you to know Him and be known by Him. Even at work and at school. And if you didn't write down any of those verses on your worship guide this morning, never fear. I'll put those verses up on my blog this week and I'll repost them on Facebook. So each week we've given you a step towards God and then a second step, which is a step towards others. And here's what I'm going to encourage you to do today as a step toward others. As you leave this morning... In the hallway, right in the middle of the hallway, so there'll be places to walk down both sides of this table that's going to be in the hallway. And there will be stacks, and it's like stacks of about four cards. There'll be stacks of cards, and my encouragement is to take one of those stacks of cards, and then for you 
as you go to work, as you go to school, to use all four of the cards with four different people and just simply say, this is a church where I, I, this is who I meet with as a church, Stuttgart Harvest Church, and I would love it if you would sit beside me. Be an apprentice, a student of, a disciple of, a follower of Jesus, even at work, even at school. Simply take one of these cards, take the whole stack, and give one to four different people and say, I would love you to sit beside me. These are our encouragements this morning as steps for you to take. I hope you'll take a step with us. A step towards God, knowing that His will for you is to be connected to Him eternally, and that only happens through Jesus. As you become His follower, His apprentice, His disciple, His student, that's His prayer. That's my prayer. That's His hope, His desire, His will. And by the way, it is the only way to get into his kingdom. And I hope you'll take a step towards other people as you simply say, I would love for you to sit beside me one Sunday very soon. Let's pray. Father, your scripture commands us that whatever we do, to do it enthusiastically, Whatever our job, whatever our work, whenever we're at school, enthusiastically, as if it's something we are doing for you, Lord, not for men. And you also told us to remember that you will give us an inheritance, a reward, and that the master we are serving is Christ. Jesus, some of us today want to know you. We don't want to just know about you. We want to personally know you. We want to be in a relationship with you every day, all day long. And Jesus, we also want to be known by you. Thank you for loving us. For, thank you for making a way for us to be in your kingdom. And may that thankfulness be expressed on my time, when I'm at home, and when I'm at work and at school, all as we follow you, Jesus. Amen.